InfoSec Institute estimates there is a worldwide staffing shortage of nearly 3 million in the ranks of cybersecurity professionals, with the number rising to about 3.5 million by 2021. Expectations are that the shortage will only get worse, driven by rising demand for InfoSec resources for the foreseeable future. A 2013 Frost and Sullivan study estimated that women accounted for 10 to 12 percent of the global cybersecurity workforce. A much later study published by Cybercrime Magazine concluded that women accounted for 20% of the global InfoSec payroll. The interesting bit is that everyone in the C-suite, including HR, see the security staffing shortage as a serious one. And in some ways, the solution is seen as uh, women in cybersecurity and technology. So why aren't the positions being filled and what's holding back women from taking up the vacancies? In this podcast for future CISO, we are joined by Vicky Vatka, Senior Vice President sales for Asia Pacific and Japan at Trellix to talk about breaking the cybersecurity glass barrier. Vicky, welcome to Podcast for Future CISO. Thank you so much, Alan. It's my pleasure to be here. It is our understanding that leadership across the C-suite recognize that we do have a skills shortage. What do you think they're doing and is this strategy sustainable? No, I don't think the strategy is sustainable. And I think the challenge is there's burnout. There's burnout at the field facing level. The folks that are running behind the scenes, ensuring that your company, your organization is safe and secure. And we're not doing enough to not just hire, but really it's to train and enable and educate people that cybersecurity is an exciting career path to have. And so I think there's a number of strategies that could be in place. I think there's a number that we're trying but just trying to hire to fill gaps is just not enough. When it comes to the skills shortage that we have, we really need to step back and think about the work, the type of work that is being done every single day, the hours that people work and the tools that they use. If you break it down that way, the way that I like to think about it is how do we show up as a community, as an industry to support this critical issue that I think we also have by providing the right tools, by providing training that's easy to consume to get people in at the ground level and build it up? And how do we start early? There are those that suggest that outsourcing or bringing external parties as the answer to the internal skills shortage. Do you agree with this? And for one, and uh, what sort of benefits do you think this outsourcing model or bringing third party in can provide any possible issues that this strategy presents over a longer term? So I think outsourcing is definitely an option and we're seeing a rise in um, managed security platforms and managed security partners, managed services becoming more available. The challenge for security is who's accountable and responsible for the data? Who is held accountable? When you outsource, you transition that responsibility external to your company and that makes people at a board level very uncomfortable. As many of us know, we've changed the way that we expect a board member to show up. We hold them accountable for risk and compliance and therefore outsourcing can sometimes seem like a risky strategy. So I think there are benefits to moving some of your services to an outsource model, to a managed services model. It comes down to the service level agreement, the contracts that you have on the ownership and accountability. We've certainly seen a number of cyber security risks 
We've seen plenty of people that have been infiltrated over the past few years, not just the past few months. That's when the finger pointing starts. You know, who's to blame? Who's accountable? Who's going to fix it? Who should be held responsible for any leak of data, for example, or any infiltration into your network or into your environment? So it's a tough one on the, on the managed services and on the outsourcing side. I think you've got to look at who are the providers that have the experience, the skills to deliver what you need and how that will support your business. And probably the biggest thing I've noticed is every organization is different. So it's not like there's one approach that works for everybody. There's different ways that we can approach this depending on the maturity of your cybersecurity strategy within your organization. What should industry, governments, and academia do, working together or in separately, to establish an atmosphere conducive to encourage women with the right disposition to pursue a career in cybersecurity or security in general? So there's a number of things that I've noticed, certainly over the last 12 months, and definitely more recently, there's definitely a desire to open up. And when I think about diversity, it's not just male, female, it's young, old. It's teaching people, allowing people to learn new skills, and whatever they may look like. And, you know, at Trellix, we talk about the work we do and being soulful. How do we show up and create a career, a path that people want to pursue, they want to learn? And for me personally, I need to reflect what is possible to an audience of young females, diverse population, and show them that we don't all look like people with black hoodies and hiding away in a coffee shop somewhere. That's just because you have cybersecurity skills. You know, we come in all shapes and sizes. You know, I think as an industry, we have a responsibility. I think we should be working with government agencies. We should be working with academia. So one of the things that I've been doing recently is working with an organization called Tiger Hall. They provide real-time training and learning. And they do it in the way that it's soundbites, solving problems. The thing that I love about that is I have a problem in the office right now and how can I learn and deal with that problem right now rather than waiting to go and attend a training course. And so I think we've got to find these learning platforms. We need to work with government agencies, schools, in particular, any STEM programs. Like It's our responsibility as an industry to go and make cybersecurity fun, fun to learn, easy to get into. I want to remove the barrier that you need to be a security expert from day one. You do not. We have skills, tools, and learnings that we can share. So I think it's a responsibility that we all have to create a a way to educate and invite females into cybersecurity in particular. It's something I'm very passionate about. And it's something that can be addressed at all ages. You know, I was working on a program with my former employer, which was women rock IT. And the idea was to bring in young females and show them, we would showcase female entrepreneurs, what they were doing with technology. And we would make it fun and we would share basic courses and and ways to come into a career in the tech industry. And that wasn't specific to cyber, but I do think with cyber, there's some amazing women in cyber. And if we just think about some of the social tools that we can leverage now through LinkedIn Learning, Lessonly, whether it's through Twitter, people that you follow, but how we showcase and support and hold them up to show people what's possible, I think is something that we can't address alone. We need to be doing that as an industry to fill this critical um, skills shortage. What are the qualities most desirable on which to build upon a career in cyber? 
So that's a really great question. Thank you, Alan. And I think um, there's a few areas that those qualities fall into. I think naturally, I think it's important to have a, a fondness and some skills around math and science. I think they're both two areas that, that are important. It's important that you have a mindset around problem solving. So whether that's a, you know, a fondness for puzzles and games, but working towards outcomes. I think also with security, it's very process driven. So it's important to have people that are outcome based, you know, have that inspiration to achieve things, projects and things. They're just a couple of qualities, but I think it's that willingness to learn. Right now, the fact is it's an exciting area and you'd be surprised. Cybersecurity sits across so much that we do from the devices that we use, the laptops that we use, our handheld phones, to our smart TVs, to our banking apps. You know, it's so much now cybersecurity plays a role in our day-to-day lives. Um, So I I think that's having a, a desire to want to work in an industry that's changing and evolving in tech is also important. How can we get more women to be part of the cybersecurity <laughs> bandwagon? Yeah, and, the, and that's that's the million dollar question, right? Because that's a little bit harder. So again, I think we need to start early. We need to start educating young girls um, through STEM programs at school. We need to have role models in the industry and we need to diffuse any myths on the fact that you need to look like someone who sits in a cafe in a dark corner and wears a hoodie. You know, that's, that's not what it's like in the real world for a female, you know, it's important to understand that it's achievable. So we need to break down some of those barriers on how to get in into a cyber world and into a STEM um, world. And I, I think I always come back to use cases and, and role models, because I think they're really important to talk about what we do and inspire others to do that. And, and that's also for some of us to give back through coaching and mentoring. Speaking of which, so for women to take on leadership roles in cybersecurity, what needs to happen? What are the conditions? You mentioned a bit about mentoring and all that. What are the things that organizations need to provide in order to encourage more women to take up that leadership role, that CISO role that's a hot ticket right now? Right. Look, in some countries across, especially in Asia Pac, some countries are now taking this quite seriously about starting with females in leadership roles, not just CISOs or CISOs, depending how you want to call it. But some countries are actually looking at female participation on boards. So I think it's also looking at females in leadership roles in general. I think organizations need to be fair and equitable on hiring. As a female, and I can say this, I've been working for more than 35 years in tech. Traditionally, females, when we look at a job description, we look at what we don't have, what skills we don't have, what we haven't achieved. I've noticed that male colleagues tend to say, I haven't done that, but I know I can. And they have a little bit more confidence. So I think having the confidence in yourself to deliver is really important. And so I think organizations, it's definitely more organizations are more open today at looking at the people with the right skills and capability, not just if they're male, female. And I think the more that we break down those biases and those barriers, some organizations are going as far as having blind interviews. They put forward uh, CVs and resumes, and there's nothing in there to describe how old they might be, the candidate might be, if they're male, female, young, old, it doesn't matter. It's based on the person and their skill set. I hope that we all don't have to do that because I think that's a lot of hard work when really we should just be looking at people's skills and capability. But I think for females, we have to be confident. We have to put our hand up. The one thing I tell um, my team is I'm not a mind reader. I don't know what you want to achieve if you don't tell me. So help me understand where you want to get to. Help me be part of that journey. And there's that servant leader kind of a mentality now where I want to help people. I want to help my team get to their 
their goals and dreams. To do that, we need to have the conversation. We need to appreciate where they're at and what steps they can take to get there. What is your advice for women with aspirations to work in tech and in security? So I actually get this question a lot. And I think for women in tech, there are so many roles and opportunities now. So I think, again, you need to speak up. Um, I personally try and encourage women to use their network. I didn't love it when it first came out, but I now love LinkedIn. I'm a big networker. I like to keep in touch. You know, the days of keeping people's business cards on hand, things have changed. People change companies during COVID. We didn't get to see each other. So I think it's important to keep track of where people are and who they are using tools like LinkedIn, but I personally make the effort. I will write a letter to someone, a personal letter, not just an email. I will pick up the phone and call someone and say, hey, I'm trying to help a friend out. Do you know someone that knows someone that can have a conversation? Again, I think we need to ask for what we want. I think we need to look and leverage tools. There's so much information on the internet. So think about the organizations you want to work with and then look around your network to see if you know people that work in those companies and have it and see if you can have a conversation. You have to put yourself out there and, and but don't just ask someone for a referral and then and not be honest or truthful with them. Be honest with them and tell them what you're trying to achieve and see how they can help you. And sometimes that's your family, that's a family friend, or it could be a teacher or someone you know through school or college or university. So there's different ways to do that. But I think using your network to think about where you want to get to is definitely something that's important. Vicky, thank you for joining us on Podchats for Future CISO. Thank you so much for having me. That was Vicky Vatka, Senior Vice President Sales for Asia Pacific and Japan at Trellix on the topic of breaking the cybersecurity glass barrier. You are listening to Podchats for Future CISO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We'd also like to invite you to sign up for a free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podchats for Future CISO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day. And see you on the next episode of Podcasts for Future CISO. Bye for now.